Welcome to the Breaking Health Podcast, a series of discussions with the most disruptive CEOs and leaders in digital health. Hey everybody, Tom Salemi here. Welcome back to the Breaking Health Podcast. I'm here with our host, Steve Krupa. Hello, Steve. Hey, Tom. How you doing? The summit is next week, right? It is next week, and it is sold out. <laughs> which is that's, two- that's because of our Breaking Health Podcast listenership is all going. That's all 300 people said. I heard about it through the Breaking Health Podcast. No, <laughs> that's, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Prove me wrong, marketing. Prove me wrong. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So no. Well, good. I'm looking forward to hearing from uh, the Massachusetts governor. I think we had this chat, but I still am confused as to how a Republican got elected governor in Massachusetts. You, you, I'll have to explain that to me someday. Do you think we're yahoos here, Steve? I just think you're Democrats. That's we, what I think. Yeah, uh, state's full of them, right? I think in any other state, Charlie Baker might be considered a Democrat, or in, in, at least in some of the true Republican states here. Uh, he is our, our Republican, and we have a long history of electing Republican governors, so we are an open-minded and, and kind people. Okay, good to, <laughs> good to know, and uh, yeah, I guess he would be a Democrat like in Mississippi, baby. Yeah, I think he would be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but we're, uh, so we are sold out, it is next week, uh, I hope people will be joining us at the, the Mandarin Oriental, um, if they've registered, if they aren't, we aren't going to be uh, accepting on-site registrations, unfortunately. So, but uh, they were. We all we, we warned you uh, several times. We said this will sold out and uh, this will sell out, and it did. So, happy to have the full program. We will have the governor Charlie Baker there, and uh, a lot of great uh, great lineups. And the good news is that if you if you're if you've missed the opportunity to register, we'll have content coming out to you via the the Breaking Health newsletter. So, uh, if anyone hasn't signed up for that yet. Sign up for it now. Just go to healthigy.com, the word health, followed by the letters egy.com, and uh, sign up for the newsletter, and we'll tell you how to get the content when it's ready to be distributed. So so everyone's a winner here at Breaking Health. <laughs> now, today, we've uh, got an interesting conversation, and you yep. you were able to, uh, to reference a classic 90s movie, but uh, our host is Dr. Sonia Kim. She is the, uh, excuse me, our guest is Dr. Sonia Kim. Our host is Steve Krupa, CEO of the Silos Group, and uh, she is the founder of One Caring Team, which is kind of a cool virtual reality company. Yeah. So, and you had the opportunity to reference Disclosure with Michael I know. Douglas. Nicely done. Demi Moore, back when I had a big crush on Demi Moore, they did that movie. And then, uh, you know, it was sort of the first time I, I don't think it was the first time, but, you know, sort of virtual, you go all the way back to the 90s. And, and yeah. if you remember, there was like this scene, right, where he puts the virtual reality helmet on and yep. he goes to this little like thing and he finds out what, what's been going on. And, uh, and so that was sort of the virtual reality of the 90s and that, that perception. And it, if you remember the scene, that looked kind of real. And I think now we're getting to the point where you're able to develop this very, you know, overwhelmingly real content. Uh, through virtual reality, and of course, uh, just like HDTV and you know other sort of uh, you know advanced media um, capabilities, people are looking at virtual reality and saying, "Well, what can I do with this?" And uh, Sonia thinks that she's found an interesting application in healthcare uh, around uh, using virtual reality programming to influence uh, the moods. And uh, and life outlook of the elderly, and it sounded like a pretty interesting thing to talk about. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And it's something we reported on a couple of weeks ago in the Breaking Health newsletter, just about the use of virtual reality, both as uh, something to, to just help elderly patients sort of feel the sense of getting out, but also as a, as a way of uh, maintaining or controlling pain. So uh, it's something we're seeing. And actually, I don't know if you've seen the, the movie, excuse me, the TV show that just came out, I think it debuted yesterday, Pure Genius. No. It's about a Silicon Valley kid, well, young person who had wild success building some kind of startup. So he builds this futuristic hospital called Bunker Hill. Ah. I watched the preview for it, and they would have each room had this huge screen where the patients could feel like they were climbing Everest or on the Serengeti or something like that with that same idea that if you get out in any way, it helps you recover. So uh, it's a, is this something, as a VC, are you, are you seeing more startups uh, with virtual reality technology or something similar coming out, or is this still very much a, a one-off here and there kind of thing? Oh, no, I think this is the very beginning. Uh, I don't think there's a, a, a large universe of these companies. Um, you'll, you'll hear in the, in the interview, you know, Sonia is very protective about what, uh, what her approach is, is to using this technology to get, you know, clinical and, 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 uh, uh, psychological benefits. So it, it feels to me like this is an emerging, uh, um, business opportunity, uh, that, but it's really just getting started. I mean, you know, the, 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 the thing about healthcare, uh, as compared to, you know, entertainment, uh, is, uh, to be credible in healthcare, you've got to you've got to actually do some some scientific experiments with things and, and demonstrate data uh, correlated to um, the outcome that you're looking to achieve. Um, and so, you know, just like uh, Marco at the Sync Project using music, music, you know, Sonia is going to to be credible uh, in, in the long run. Have to start to produce test studies that demonstrate uh, a, a true effect. I think she'll probably be able to do it. And then the question will be. You know, what type of business models evolve out of this? Um, and with every healthcare company that's delivering a service, um, even going back to CrowdMed, right? The ultimate thing is how can I how can I get my uh, device or my service credentialed enough to get reimbursed through insurance? Mm-hmm. And that's when the companies become large mm-hmm. because people, you know, if they're relying on people paying out of pocket um, or Medicare, Medicaid, uh, that's really where the money is uh, in the insurance business. It always comes back to that real world thing, and even as I was watching the the pure the pure genius preview, I just kept thinking like, where's the FDA and all this fantastical stuff that they were coming up with? So uh, it always comes back to real world. So, well, it's great. Uh, it was a, a great company, an interesting idea, and uh, I'm glad you were able to sit down with uh, with Sonia Kim of One Caring Team. So uh, let's get into the interview. Welcome to the Breaking Health Podcast. I'm here with Dr. Sonia Kim, CEO of One Caring Team. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Kim. Thank you for having me, Steve. So I'd like to really just get right into the business and, and from there talk a little bit about you know, how you got here. But I, I think this is, our, our, this is a very unique value proposition uh, relative to, to some of the companies that, that we've spoken to on, on the podcast. So as a, as a quick summary... Give me a sense for what your company's doing and, and, and the value that, uh, that you're looking to add into the healthcare system. Sure. At One Caring Team, we use LOVR to reconnect seniors to life. That's pretty good. That's, that's, that's pretty Thank good. You. 
And, and you know, I, I'll tell you a funny story. So VR for me started with a movie called Disclosure, which was like, I don't know, 25 years ago. Uh, it was the first time that I ever thought about VR um, with Michael Douglas and Demi Moore. And there was like this VR scene where somebody put goggles on and they converted a computer into a filing cabinet and all kinds of cool things happened. So where is VR today? Like what is v- when people think about what it can do, what is it that we think about most frequently about uh, virtual reality? I think virtual reality is mostly known in the gaming community mm-hmm. um, because that's where you know, it's coming from. Um, but we're using it in healthcare. I am a physician. I have 20 years in healthcare uh, experience. So I'm using to solve um, <laughs> uh, an old problem, timeless problem that we face in aging population where most of the seniors that I've taken care of in the past um, are extremely lonely and isolated. Mm-hmm. So we're using VR as a tool to um, give them an avenue to really um, help them reconnect to life and find a new happy place in virtual reality. That's very cool. We had a um, a guest on the show um, from the Sync Project, which is uh, using music and 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 doing studies around music and its um, its ability to have a clinical outcome, uh, whether that be around cognition or mood or behavioral health. Um, and I thought that was that was awesome because, from my perspective, you know, I use music to sort of temp, you know, set the the mood for whatever I'm. I'm interested when I get it interested in when I get a chance. So as you start to think about using VR uh, to meet to meet the goals that you just mentioned, is this a is a con- is this a content production endeavor? Is it a content production plus um, clinical trial endeavor? Where does uh, the uh, the sort of development of the product and the clinical outcome of the product uh, come together as you begin to build the business? I love complex problem where there's five different answers to five different questions, all embedded one. Let me try to isolate your question and then sure. try to address them one by one. Absolutely. Okay? So um, when I was um, I, when I used to make house calls as a conscientious medical doctor in the Bay Area, um, I got called in to take care of a patient named Betty who's 88, uh, stopped eating, drinking water, uh, ended up in the emergency room three times in one month, got into the hospital twice. Her medical bill was $56,000 in that month. And her daughter was going through a painful divorce in Las Vegas, and she couldn't come visit her mom in California because she was out of state. So uh, her daughter Googled me and found my best MD house calls and asked me to take care of her mom. Mm-hmm. So I spent two hours and 10 minutes with Betty uh, in her nursing home and asked her, Betty, why did you stop eating and drinking water? And she said to me, Dr. Kim, I don't matter anymore. No one loves me. No one cares about me. Why should I eat? Why should I drink? Why should I live? I just want to die today. In fact, can you help me die? So as a single woman without any kids, I couldn't stop sobbing on my way home. And that's the truth. And that's why I decided to do something about social isolation in, um, uh, in seniors in the U.S. Turns out we're wasting $100 billion a year in healthcare due to frequent ER visits that's avoidable and preventable hospital readmission that's costing us um, billions of dollars. 
Um, and there's report for that and research paper based on how we got the numbers. But anyway, it's a huge problem. So America doesn't know. Basically, bottom line is America doesn't know what to do with social isolation, period. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do something about that. We launched Human Kindness Program 1.0 uh, through our proactive care platform, our one caring team, two years ago with mild success. And I was giving a talk at uh, Assisted Living in San Francisco where one of the audience raised his hand and said, Dr. Kim, I love what you're doing. You're doing such a noble cause. I mean, giving compassion, empathy to seniors through your care call. How awesome is that? However, how about my mom? She's got dementia. Can you do something for us? You know, I just want my mom to be happy. So that was his uh, request. So basically, I got a new homework assignment from a potential customer. So I said, all right, let me see what I can do. Because at the time, we couldn't really help people with dementia because they could not participate in our care call. You know, having a coherent conversation like you and I are having right now on the phone was impossible because they had lost the ability to carry uh, conversations. Mm-hmm. So I looked around and I was always following a different tech trend and virtual reality came up to my radar. So I thought, okay, well, let me see what this virtual reality is all about. So I went to GDC VR Mixer in San Francisco some time ago. And I tried on the Rift uh, DK2, and mm-hmm. I was blown away. And I had never seen anything like it. And I was so happy to find, you know, something that I could actually do, I, I could play with, and actually develop a program for my seniors who can't go anywhere because they're in a wheelchair or they're locked up in a locked-up unit in a memory care. And I thought, well, I can, I can just think of all these endless possibilities. So I got really excited. And uh, when I was giving a talk at a preventive emotional care conference in Hawaii, I borrowed somebody's uh, Gear VR headset and I uh, took it with me. And I was meeting with a half a dozen executives at different high-end CCRCs and assisted living facilities. Um, and I tried them out. And I said, hey, do you like this? You know, we're doing this. And I was basically doing my customer development uh, chapter one <laughs> to right, see right. if they would actually buy it, they would actually use it, because why bother developing a program if no one's going to buy it? Uh, this is a lesson number one that I learned from Steve Blank when I took uh, his class, Advanced Entrepreneurship class at Berkeley, where I got my MBA. So, so that's what I did. And the response was phenomenal. People wanted to buy it from me before I even began the development. So I came back to California and I said, look at that. Um, I'm having more success with this product that I haven't even built than the care call plan that I've launched and I spent a year developing. So I said, all right. <laughs> so, um, so we started developing uh, in-house product because there was no content that was out there that was suitable for my patient uh, with dementia or any kind of a debilitating neurologic disorder such as MS. And I've dealt with a lot of uh, chronic complex care condition patients because that's what you see in the ER, you know, as an ER physician. So um, long story short, so that's how we got started. So we ended up doing some of our own content, and then we started getting attention from some of the leading VR developer studios um, because they had content, but they didn't have an audience to sell to. Because obviously, if you you know spend six months, twelve months developing a awesome VR you know experience, and you put it on the you know VR store, you know whether it's Oculus or something, whatever, and uh, you're making nine ninety nine per download. And that's all you're making per each unique unique uh, user. Uh, it's going to be a while before you can actually pay rent in San Francisco. Sure, sure. Because <laughs> sure. it's really expensive here. Yeah. And so these guys were hungry um, in the developers, and I basically said to them, "Listen, uh, we're not a content studio, but you are. So if you want to develop something that's uh, suitable for my patient population, we have a market." And so we started working with them as a distribution partner because we had the you know, we have the ability to distribute their content 
and actually sell for them. So that's that's how it got started. So to yeah. answer your question, do we produce our own content? Yes. But are we a content, full-on content studio and that's it? No, because we're actually um, leading the distribution of the content that some of these uh, partners are uh, giving us because they don't have a customer base. They don't have an install base to really push out their nine ninety nine per download uh, content. Yeah. So does that answer your question? It does. I mean, you covered a lot there, actually, which which is which is cool. I I I'm, it sounds like your business started from a framework of care calls for the elderly. Is that that's right. that's the, the bricks and exactly. mortar business. And you, and, and I'm assuming that's still part of the that's still part of the product at this point in time. Uh, depending on who I'm talking to. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> fair enough. But I mean, it, 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 the, there's obviously demand to send nurses out to the elderly for a variety of different reasons. You know, a lot of that is just to see how they're aging in place to make sure that they're taking care of themselves, taking their medications, dealing with the issue of being alone or more importantly, being unable to attend to themselves. So that issue doesn't necessarily, that issue I'm assuming doesn't go away through your, your virtual reality approach. Um, but but I'd, I'd rather hear from you about that. It, it sounds like the, the approach that you're taking with the VR is more about giving them some experiences that, 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 can, that can improve mood or improve, improve attitude, improve compliance and things like that. So can you take me through the, sort of the, how the two ideas come together? Yeah, so just a minor correction there or a, a real correction there. Yeah, Steve. yeah sure. Um, we don't send anyone to anybody's home. That okay. would be way too labor intensive. Right. And that market is incredibly saturated and yeah. the margin is getting thinner and thinner. Oh, fair enough. And, Sorry. uh, they had a, hu- they got a huge hit, uh, in California, at least in the state of California, uh, with regard to some of the labor law and regulatory, regulatory, um, matters that really, uh, squashed their margins again, uh, mm-hmm. recently over a year ago or so. So home care service is what you're alluding to there is not what we do. That's not what we did. One Caring Team's Human Kindness Program 1.0 was all virtual. It was basically a group of caring listeners, and it's on our website as well. Mm-hmm. So if you go to OneCaringTeam.com, you'll see that you know anybody who has aging parents or you know uh, neurological patients, they can go onto our website and you know sign up for a care call plan. And okay. so if you you know sign up for three three care calls a week or whatever, one of our caring listeners will actually call your mom um, uh, three times a week and take care notes onto our proactive care platform, which is cloud-based. And we have a proprietary system that we already built in-house a while ago, and that's already, you know, in in marketplace. Um, So that's the care call plan. So it's not somebody going to somebody's home. It's all by telephone. Um, and uh, there's limitation to that product. Um, obviously, if your mom has, if your mom or dad has uh, severe hearing loss, they can't really participate because it's by the phone call. It's not by visit, human visiting you, right? And so those limitations actually played into um, our decision, our corporate strategy decision to really focus on VR because VR is visual. So even if you have slight hearing loss or you can't really hear or whatever. Um, most people, most dementia people really enjoy our program because it's it's pretty to look at. You know, mm-hmm. who would say no to beautiful Paradise Island scene in uh, Fiji sure. <laughs> or Thailand or something like that, right? Yeah. And so um, VR program actually addresses, um, fortunately, Aloha VR allows us to address some of the limitations that we face when we first launched with Human Kindness Program 1.0. 
And this is really a true startup story here. Uh, people ask me, you know, wow, you're so successful with Elovia. What's the secret? And I said, there's no, and it's not about, you know, having a, a smartest brain in the Silicon Valley. It's about trial and error. It's about understanding truly who your audience is and what their unmet social needs, uh, psychosocial needs are. Um, and as a physician who's taking care of over 40,000 patients, I understand my patients. I understand what's necessary, uh, what's needed, and what's, what are the top 10 unmet needs. And that's why when I produce product, where it's, whether it's Caracol or LOVR, it's completely patient-centered uh, solution. And that's why uh, I think that's, that really plays a lot of big role in, in, in our su- success. Hey, everybody. Tom here. Just wanted to get a quick break from this conversation with Sonia Kim to uh, thank everyone who had a role in uh, making the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit such a great success. Once again, we've sold out, so uh, I hope you did register. Um, We did warn you, and uh, it did happen. So uh, thank you to everyone who did register. It's uh, it's great to uh, know it's going to be a full house and then some. And uh, thank you, of course, to our co-chairs, Robin Mittendorf and Bill Geary. Uh, They've been guests on the podcast recently. If you haven't heard their conversations and thoughts, please do go back and listen to those podcasts. Also, thanks to our sponsors. Our premier sponsors include GE and Goodwin and Corn Ferry and Optum. So we're very, very happy to have their support. Our major sponsor is the Silicon Valley Bank. And our strategic sponsors include Athena Health, DRX Capital, Norwest Venture Partners. And our supporting sponsors are Amazon Web Services, Deloitte, silos group managers and startup nation central so thank you to again all of our sponsors from uh, up to the top of the list down to the bottom it's wonderful to have your support and we look forward to seeing everyone on november 2nd in boston now back to this conversation well thank you when you think about the the vr and you gave it like a previous initial i was trying to trying to catch that but when when you're developing those programs how are they developed and um and, and how, did, how are they developed around taking into consideration the needs of, of the elderly people that you're, you're serving? So that's the secret part. <laughs> so that's where I come in. Um, uh, just, just so you know, the technical part, um, I love to learn new things. So I taught myself how to do Unity uh, in the beginning. So I wanted to uh, follow my developers and, and see, not follow, but you know, be able to follow their work. So, so that's why I started teaching myself Unity, um, and it's it's not that hard if you actually put the time and, and effort into it. Just like learning any other language. So mm-hmm. I started learning Unity development so that my developer I can be closer to my developer team. Um, and another thing that you asked me is how is it clinical? So you know if you grab a whole bunch of genius you know developers, they'll they'll be able to create you know beautiful experiences. But that's not enough because I'm trying to have a, a positive clinical outcome that actually moves the needle. Um, and hopefully, eventually, we want to have the insurance companies reimburse for mm-hmm. some of our programs uh, for the right type of patients with ICD-10 code and so on and so forth. Um, and so, you know, we're, we have a mission here. We have a mission. Our mission is to really help seniors uh, reconnect to life uh, by giving them, delivering them a happy new place that they haven't seen before or they haven't, you know, uh, visited in 20, 25, 30 years. Uh, and we're doing that while we have all the clinical insight that I have from 20 years of experience uh, in healthcare. So that's where the secret comes in to play. Okay. And in order to get reimbursement, presumably you're pursuing measuring some form of medical benefit to the product. Is that right? Absolutely. So 
that involves some some sort of a system of distributing the product to the seniors, giving them the experience, which is your secret sauce, and then measuring what happens as a result of that experience. So can you give me a sense for what outcomes you're seeing through the experience? Oh, it's it's been um, incredible. Um, this is why we're getting a lot of uh, PR coverage left and right. Um, and it's, it's all of our PR has been inbound. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, you know, we don't have $5 million PR budget. So <laughs> everything right. that we've got so far is all inbound, which I'm really grateful for. Um, so you were asking what kind of outcomes. So I'm going to just stay on a high level because a lot of the details, uh, that's proprietary. A sure. lot of people want to know, like, what are the stuff that we're measuring? Oh, yeah, I'm sure everybody wants to know. Yeah. <laughs> we have metrics uh, that we've been monitoring from uh, our private patients as well as group therapy sessions, and we have lots of juicy stuff. But, hey, if you want to invest in us uh, or if you do invest in us, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be happy to show you uh, another layer. <laughs> well, your customers are probably asking these questions, I, I would think, no? Um, um, no, actually, investors ask me these questions, oh, really? uh, or potential competitors ask me these questions. Customers don't care. Customers just want them to be happy. That's all okay. they care. But uh, on a high level, uh, we want uh, Grandma Betty to be happy, and that's what we're seeing. And uh, you know, like I said, there's a lot of other clinically, you know, relevant uh, metrics that right. uh, we have in our system, and no one else had this system. I looked around. Believe me, I we did research and. And we couldn't find anything uh, anybody else was doing because nobody else was doing VR in, in dementia care or seniors were lonely, anxious, depressed, depressed, all that. So we had to create one. So we did. Very cool. Can can you share with me what what some of the experiences would be like in terms of the, in terms of what I would be if I was uh, Aunt Betty and I was feeling lonely or feeling unhappy? What would be the essence of the VR experience that I would be getting? Sure. So that's another area that I get asked a lot um, because obviously, you know, people say, well, if she's having so much fun and so much success so quickly, maybe we should do something like that. And they, the first thing I, they ask is, what kind of experiences? So again, um, I'm going to stay on a high level. Um, we have a variety of different kinds of experiences in different categories because every senior is not, you know, all seniors are not created equal. Uh, sure. As you've probably heard, yeah. uh, they're all different. So you can't just have, even if I gave you the magic formula, it's not going to work for everybody. You know, so the best answer I can give you at this time, Steve, um, on a podcast that you're, <laughs> you're going to publish for everybody to hear uh, in our relevant space is that we have developed a system to um, show and share different kinds of categories of programs uh, for various uh, seniors, um, depending on all kinds of factors. And we take into all kinds of different factors that is relevant to what we're trying to achieve. So the end goal is to make them smile and be happy. Uh-huh. And whatever we need to do to get there, uh, we have come up with a multifactorial system. And that's proprietary. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Let's see if I can ask you a question that isn't proprietary. If it, Give me a sense for... The types of cult, the type of culture that you're building in your company, the types of people that want to come and work for you, and and how you're motivating those people to get excited around the value you're providing to these seniors. Sure, great question. So culture is very simple. The first set of interviews, obviously, you know, we want to work with competent people who have done VR 
development before or who have worked with seniors if they're on the clinical side. But after the basic screening is done, the mm-hmm. question that I've always you know, trained my team to ask and, and I've asked for everybody that we hire is knowing the difference between me-centric universe and other-centric universe. And our mission is to inspire others to live in other-centric universe where we're giving our heart energy to improve quality of life for others and not just focusing on our own happiness. Mm-hmm. And by that, we really filter out a lot of people that we don't want to work with because we are not interested in just smart people who think uh, that being selfish and self-centered is okay. It's mm-hmm. not okay. You know, I, I've, you know, I've been there. You know, in my 20s, I was in the me-centric universe too. You know, me, sure. me, me, let's do this, let's do that, overachiever. I want to be number one in this, that, and the other. But after winning a few wars, you realize it's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's about making the world a better place and having a positive impact and leaving a legacy behind you when you leave this world. And so I live in a other-centric universe where my heart grows every day. Every minute I spend on building my company and all of your program gets stronger, my heart grows bigger and bigger. And that's why I can smile all the time despite I don't get enough uh, sleep or whatever. And there's a lot of life sacrifice on my end, but I love what I do. I absolutely love what I do. And when I see new crop of seniors smiling and laughing and tapping their foot and tapping their feet and singing because they're so happy with our program, um, it just touches my heart deeply. And it, it's been a, such a rewarding experience as a general entrepreneur. This is my favorite company so far. I've done a few other, cool. other startups in health tech, and this has been my first, um, I mean, this has been my favorite yeah. <laughs> startup so far. So, yeah. that, sound, that sounds awesome. You know, every, you know, every company has a way of finding people uh, that, that fit into their, into their mission and uh, if you if you figure out you know how to find people that are heart centric, I think that'd be a pretty powerful mm-hmm. and proprietary system in and of itself. To be honest with you, because yeah. I know we're all searching for those for those people. And 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 the cool thing is is you know, I'm seeing a lot of them uh, coming from sort of the the younger generation um, that you know uh, probably 15 years ago would have wanted to go work for a social media company. Uh, now having an interest in applying, you know, their skills into healthcare, uh, with the notion that not only will they be doing something uh, interesting and fulfilling, but they'll be they'll be doing something good. Are you are you finding that that, that that's the type of person that's that's attracted to work for you? Absolutely. Uh, we work with a lot of uh, younger generation folks who are interested in our CBRT role, uh, which mm-hmm. is a certified VR therapist role. Uh, who are the Navy SEAL uh, team that I bring to roll out our program at mm-hmm. any new accounts uh, in our region. And we're having so much success. Uh, in fact, um, because we are heart-centric and because we're all about uh, making a positive impact in our society while building a scalable, you know, profitable company, a lot of people resonate with that mission because we're not just about dollars and cents, Steve, and it's yeah. about meaning. Um, and people, people actually gravitate towards the right people, at least I should right. say, right people actually gravitate towards meaningful positions that has more meanings and um, than just a paycheck at the mm-hmm. end of the month. So um, yeah, we're we're really we've been really fortunate to be able to recruit so many good people. Um, if I recruit one person from one uh, area, they usually bring in five more because they have such a positive experience with us 
our startup culture and our momentum with a lot of your movement that they end up talking to five of their girlfriends or guy friends and then they end up bringing, you know, five more people and asking me, hey, I, I got all these friends who want to do this same thing that I'm doing. Can, can you hire them? <laughs> or do you have, yeah. do you, have you know, places for them? Um, and so it's been really amazing to, you know, be able to recruit the right type of people from our own team, small team. So we just grow organically. That's great. That's great. I know we've got a limited amount of time left. I think you've done a great job of sort of uh, wetting people's appetite around this concept and, and how it can you know, create you know, better, better lives for people that are, are aging. And of course, we could probably spend a half an hour talking about all of the psychosocial issues that lead to that. Um, but there's also a lot of information about you online and, and in the media so I'll just, I'll just leave with uh, asking you to, to tell, tell the audience how they can find out more about you. Where can they find you? Do you are you a regular on Twitter, Facebook, uh, your website, those types of things? Sure. Thank you so much, Steve. Um, so you can, uh, if you want to just check us out, you can go to our website, onecaringteam.com. And that's O-N-E, caring, C-A-R-I-N-G, team, T-E-A-M.com. Uh, and send us an email through the website, or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. My name is Dr. Sonia Kim, S-O-N-Y-A-K-I-M. Uh, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, and that's actually better because then I can get a sense of who you are and what you're uh, looking for and be able to filter our schedule system. Thank you. Terrific. Well, thank you for joining me, and uh Best of luck. It sounds like a really cool company you're building. Thanks so much. Well, that is a wrap. Sonia Kim, thank you for joining us and for sharing one caring story. Steve Krupa, again, another great job leading this conversation. And I look forward to seeing you at the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit on Wednesday. Uh, Steve Krupa actually will be doing some interviews, uh, including a live podcast on stage, which will uh, will run, I hope, next week if we can uh, turn it around quickly enough. So thank you to everyone who joined us uh, for this podcast, to all of our listeners, of course, to everyone who is participating in the summit. And for those who could not attend for whatever reason, uh, we will be uh, sending out some content from the event, so uh, stay tuned. Go to healthogy.com to sign up for the Breaking Health newsletter. It's health, the word health rather, followed by the letters egy.com. Just give us your email address and we will send you uh, information and content from the conference, including some, uh, some conversations that will be taking place offstage. We've got a whole schedule of, uh, of exclusive interviews uh, on tap, so... Thanks again, everyone, and look forward to seeing you in Boston.